1: Life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination, Provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Dig mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my growth lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com.
2: You were made to think
1: big, too
0: big. Tomorrow can be bigger Just grow Let the world over from
1: win Give a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Give a life bigger than
2: yourself bigger. Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's Word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message. Give God a, a
1: great big hand clap. And I love you. Tell Him that you worship Him and that He's worthy. We love you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 28 and verse 6. I could almost sing that song again. That's kind of a feel of peace, you know? It's kind of like a fresh breeze. The Bible says that uh, Adam would meet with God in the cool of the day, but literally it was the breeze of the day. And I I believe the Lord wants to just release a fresh wind, a fresh breeze into our lives. He's not a burden. He is a breeze in our our lives. Verse 6, Esau saw that Isaac, had blessed Jacob When God's blessing is on you it's not just felt it can be seen you know years ago when I got out of college everybody was competing over who could get the most stuff imagine if we spent those years competing on who could become the greatest blessing I believe the world would have been changed if we would have lived just a little bit differently. And he sent his son Jacob away to Padan Aram. Jacob's parents sent him there because this was where his grandfather Abraham's relatives lived. And he, the Bible's about to tell us he was to take a wife from there. You know, in the Bible, and... and, and don't do everything the Bible does, because Abraham married his for real sister. It was, it was, it was a half-sister, different mother, but they were kin. So you don't want to do that. So everything done in the Bible, you, you don't want to do. But you also need to realize that all of us are family. We all come from the same parents, Adam and Eve. So whoever we marry is actually our sister, And what, so yeah, yeah, just say yuck twice just in case someone's on the wrong uh, wavelength here. But scripture teaches, though we don't do it exactly the way Abraham did, we are to keep our marriages in the family. You see, marriages are challenging enough, but if you're not on the same page spiritually, it's going to only compound the problems. Second Corinthians 6 and 14 speaks to this. The Apostle Paul says by the Holy Spirit, do not be unequally yoked together, meaning and implying that there are equal yokes and unequal yokes, meaning all yokes are not the same. Now, in the ancient world, you see it on the, on the screen there, oxen were joined together at the neck to maximize cooperation and efficiency on the field as they worked. But here, it's used to describe two-by-two relationships. You know, in America today, in the Western world, we marry for love. How many of you know that, that that's what we do? But how many of you know 50% of our marriages are ending in divorce? The ancients married for far more practical reasons, and they learned to love each other later. This is important. A marriage without purpose is as empty as a marriage without love. Now, in the ancient world, they married for purpose, left out the love. But in our time, we need to keep them both together. What is the purpose of your marriage other than you just getting what you want? And if you don't have a higher purpose, your marriage is going to become stale. It's just not going to have the life and the vigor you would like it to have. Me and my wife are a team to first, you know, to look after our kids, but we're also a team in ministry. We we worship together. We pray together. We give together. We travel together we have a higher purpose than just, you know, her meeting, you know, my marital needs and her quote-unquote meeting mine. There has to be a higher purpose to the relationship than just a little bit of lust. I I said I wasn't going to be this way, and I'm already starting to go this way on, on, on Sunday. See, we say we fall into love, but you see, Bible love is not an incident. It's not you tripping and bumping into it. Bible love's a choice. Agape love is a choice. Now, I might have fell in love with my wife, but let me tell you something. There were some times I had to choose to love my wife. And my wife had to choose to love me. And if you don't make a choice, and you're just always waiting for the experience, you're not going to make it in this present world. Okay. All right. Deuteronomy 22 and 10. Let's listen to Moses. He says this. And Paul was actually referring to the teaching of Moses. And he did this in the New Testament because it's a principle. He said, You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. It is cruel to put a donkey and an ox in the same yoke. They have different temperaments. They have different size footsteps and strides. One would surely drag the other. When you intentionally marry outside the covenant family of God, don't be surprised if you are dragged down constantly in life. It's just the truth. Do not be, let's go back unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is important because when you look at the context here Paul is not just talking about non-believers. Some non-believers are better than some believers I know by the way. He's also talking about unbelieving believers. Here's some of the best dating advice you're ever going to get as a single. This is what you need to do. Run as fast as you can for the Lord just run. Then look to your right and to your left, and if somebody's keeping up with you, they might be the one. But if you got to slow down, or if you got to come out of the race in order to date this person, you are making a tragic mistake that's going to last a lifetime. Paul says this. He he just goes into basic reason. He's not being esoterical. He's not being super spiritual. This is basic common sense. This is what is common sense. This is not about being religious. It's not what this is about. It's about common sense. And he uses basic, you know, logistical uh, reason here. He said, for what fellowship has righteousness with what? Lawlessness. He said, don't be unequally yoked together. Why? Because those who want to live right are going to find themselves at odds with those who want to live wrong. So, I mean, it's not a matter of, you know, some super spooky thing. It's basic common sense. What Scripture is teaching us is teaching us to choose our relationships wisely. Then he goes on. He said, okay, there's one line of reason. Let me, let me give you another one. Use common sense now. What communion has light with darkness one repels the other and what he's saying is how can two walk together lest they agree agreement is necessary for a lasting union now is he saying that we are to divorce our non-believing believers that we married is he saying that we're to divorce a non-believer because, you know, we're, we're, we're moving in different spiritual directions? Let's take a look at the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 12. God's emphatic. He says, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. God advises against an unequally yoked marriage. But if you end up in one, God will give you the grace you need to get through it and and to make it work. Quitting for the disciple is not an option. It's important. Y'all didn't hear me. No, no. No, no. This is important. A lot of people confuse church folk with disciples. It's not the same thing.
0: A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit DGMFree.com.
2: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching.
1: Just because you go to church don't mean you're serious about God. It's, you see, okay, the, the, the people say, and it's because they're not paying attention. They say, well, you know what? The divorce rate in the church is as much as, and as high as the divorce rate in the world. That's not true. You see, studies have shown that those, that couples that attend church regularly, not people go to church once a year. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are committed to God's house. People that go to church regularly stay married 90% of the time. We are not the same. Faith in Christ makes a difference. Makes a difference. By the way, it happens here too. But upwards of of 90% of our couples that are serious about God stay together. Stay together. I didn't say people come to church. That's not what I'm saying. People who serve and get serious about their relationship with God and the Word, they stick. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. The advice is the same for both sexes. In the absence of adultery, or some other serious form of endangerment, God wants our marriages to survive. Now, if he's hitting you, you or, or she's hitting you, you might need to separate it. If you're bringing disease into your bed, you, you might need to separate it. might even end in divorce. If, 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 if just brutal and, and violent things are happening or, or they decide to live in China and you stay in America and they just abandon you, there that, 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 that may be a reason for, for you to, to separate But nine times out of ten, the reality is we have just not decided to take up our cross and follow him. Nine times out of ten, we just said, I want what I want, and I'm going to get what I want. I don't care about this union. I don't care what we said before God. You know what? I'm going to put all that aside. God knows my heart. That's the problem. God knows your heart. Yeah. Genesis 28, 6. And Isaac sent Jacob away. Okay, y'all think I'm talking down to you. My wife is from another culture. Even when we're speaking English, we're not always speaking the same language. If you've ever spent any time with my, my wife, I want one thing, <laughs> she wants the other. Go to movies, I want one movie, she wants another movie. If you work with us in the office, my wife will say one thing, I will say the opposite. We are not two people who just kind of fell out of heaven somehow. My wife and I, we've had to work at this thing. We've had to choose to love each other through this thing. I mean, we are different in so many ways, and I've learned to love the difference. But if I was a quitter... Let me tell you something. I I don't know if I can say that. I I want to knock on wood. But I'll be honest. You know, let me tell you. When people start telling me how great their marriage is, I don't believe them. Because usually people always talk about how wonderful their marriage is. They hiding something. They hiding something. They hiding something. But let me tell you. I think I have one of the greatest marriages on the planet. I do. But you you know part of the reason why? Because my wife doesn't make... Our happiness don't depend on me. It first depends on our relationship with God. And my happiness doesn't first depend on her. It first depends on our relationship with God. And when you get that right, you can work everything else out. There's no reason why two believers can't stay together when they have right relationships with God. There's no reason. Genesis 28 and 6. And Isaac sent Jacob away to Paddan Aram to take himself a wife from there, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a what? Charge. Not a suggestion, but a what? Command, a charge. Daddy said this. You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Now I have tried to teach my boys the same way, but just like your children, mine don't always listen to me either. Mark Twain said this, good decisions come from experience, but experience often comes from bad decisions. (laughs) Here's the deal, the only reason I stand before you today sounding halfway smart is because I have also been very, very dumb and I have learned from experience I, I have spent some time in Canaanite tents and discovered you know what again we, we, we often have to I would God's like this listen you can learn from my word or you can learn from experience which one do you want and many of us in this room you're learning from experience God's word was settled in heaven but you wouldn't listen to the preacher you thought you were different You thought you were special. (laughs) But life has shown you otherwise. Genesis 27, 46. Listen to the heartbreak that this issue brought into a family. Here's Rebecca, Jacob's mother. She says, honey, I'm weary of life. She was totally shattered over the lifestyle of her son, Esau. Because of the daughters of Heth, her son Esau married wives that were Hittites. They were not just from a different culture, they were from an opposing culture. And he says, if Jacob takes a a wife of the daughter of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? And this is a heavy conversation. Rebecca's being a little bit extreme here. But she had lost one child to the surrounding culture. She didn't want to lose the next. And when you lose one child to the streets, you hold the rest even closer. And this was the attitude of mother. Genesis 28 and 7. It says, And Jacob obeyed his father and his mother. We see here that Rebecca wished, but we also see that Isaac charged. And it's not enough to wish for your kids at certain levels. There are places you might have to take a little bit of charge. This is an important point I'm about to make. We see the unity in this couple. Agreement. It's one of the most powerful spiritual weapons we have in our arsenal. The devil understands divide and conquer. That's why he's so busy trying to come between mom and dad. Because if he can divide you, he got the entire family. And, you know, if you, if you tie up the strong man and the strong woman, the house goes next. But when a, a husband and a wife learn to use agreement for good... The impact of it becomes phenomenal. And mother and father agreed. One wished, the other charged. They approached it differently, but the job got done. It says Jacob obeyed his father and his mother. The path of obedience... Always leads to promise. The path of disobedience always ends in a curse. Jacob obeyed, this is important. And it's gonna, this statement is going to be countercultural, but listen to it. He obeyed his father and his mother, and he had gone. The way Jacob obeyed God was actually through obeying God's delegated authority. I know a lot of people, especially Spirit-filled people, they think that God always has to speak to them personally. They have no respect for authority. If God didn't say it to them, it must not be because they are the center of the universe. God doesn't speak to nobody else. But here's something I learned in my life. God will not only speak to me. God will also speak through sanctioned and authorized authorities in my life. You know, my dad has not always walked with the Lord. But I learned early in the ministry there were certain things I ran past my father. Why? He was an authority in my life. Even the high priest that was about to crucify Jesus... The Bible says he prophesied. I mean, he had blood on his hands, dripping out of his mouth, about to crucify the innocent Lamb of God. And he prophesied that one must die for the many. Why, God used his office. And with my wife, I've learned sometimes I do trust her, but it's not always a flesh thing where I trust her. I trust her office.
2: Get directions, service times, and much more at GraceChurchVA.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.
0: God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself